This is Michelle Richardson, and welcome to Sales Performance Radio. This is our final episode of the Five Types of Sellers podcast series. Welcome back to Sales Performance Radio, where your hosts, Drea Douglas and Tony Smith. Today, we'll be continuing our series on the five types of sellers with the gold standard in today's selling environment, the optimizer. So Tony, tell us about the optimizer. What are some common characteristics of this type of seller? Wow, this is a type of seller that has always been around, but they've really surfaced over the past eight to 10 years is the ones that are performing at the highest level of excellence. And there is a unique difference in this type of seller in that they really strive to be a master in their profession. And they optimize every situation Now, they have high standards, but they know that sometimes they need to be a friend to a customer, so they build the friendship. Sometimes they need a service, so they service accordingly, not over-service. They know that with some people, they've got to be more aggressive and assertive and challenging in nature and change maybe the way they're thinking. Others need them to share their expertise and industry trends and knowledge, so they really optimize every situation. They've risen to the top in almost any organization. Now, by the way, I should say this. Not every organization has an optimizer. So your top performers may not be optimizers compared to others in the industry. Right. But at the pinnacle of any industry, any selling environment, the top people, this is who they are. Mm-hmm. And they take the time to always learn about their industry stay on top of trends in their industry. And they don't just think about how they bring solutions and value to customers. They think about their customer's customer, especially if they're in a business-to-business selling environment Mm -hmm. because they want to know what is their marketplace? How can I bring some best practices? Because customers love it when you share best practices. It gives them something to benchmark themselves on without telling them they're doing something wrong. They can say, hey, I'm doing pretty well. Or Maybe I need to make some changes. And that has nothing to do with their products or services that they're selling. So this is the optimizer. They've risen to the top of the of the performance uh, in, in the world of selling today. And customers really value them. Right. They become strategic resources and trusted partners to their customers. They have strong advocacy within their accounts. When they're introduced to new people, their customers will actually introduce them as, here's one of our partners, not Here's one of our vendors, Mm -hmm. and that is a big shift. Mm -hmm. And that's what's happening in today's marketplace. So if you're selling against one of these, if you're not one, guess what? They're probably going to beat you. Mm. Yeah. Well, and here's what it sounds like to me is that they are incorporating elements of each of the different types of sellers and putting those, the strengths of each one into play depending on the circumstance. So they're constantly evaluating what does that person need? They're putting themselves in the shoes of the buyer. Yes. And not only the shoes of the buyer, but the shoes of the company that they work for and the strategic initiatives of that company. So that's kind of the next step, right? So not only are they, or do they have these different strengths in their toolbox that they pull out and use as needed, but that their focus truly as an optimizer is not on hitting quota, it's not on achieving the, you know, getting the spiff or being number one on the podium. It's really what do my customers need to serve their customers better? Yeah, and if you think about it, there's an interesting thing here is they have high expectations. So if they're in an organization where the organization is not prepared for this type of seller because they're going to 
sometimes be taxing on resources because they they really are optimizing everything at their at their fingertips and organizations don't have certain things in place they can easily get frustrated and they'll look to go to an organization that does have those things in place so that's something to always keep in mind because everybody says we want the best we can get sometimes the organization is not ready, ready for the best they can get <laughs> right. and so that, that that we have to keep in mind but I'll share the story that you know we talk about that they incorporate you know all the different types as needed they do get afraid and they do get timid at times but the difference is let's give you an example a new product comes out they don't really know much about that product yet but they want to sell it so natural timidness I need to learn about the product the difference between them and everybody else is they'll go take the time to do what it takes to get up to speed as quick as possible, try some things out, test the waters, and feel confident. And so they're the ones oftentimes when I work with organizations and they've launched a new product and they're saying, how come only a few people are selling this and nobody else is? These are your optimizers. Mm -hmm. One of the things I wanted to mention, we haven't talked about it in the other podcast, but there's three types of relationships a manager has with a seller. Mm -hmm. And you could bucket their team into one of these areas. One is what we call the supervisory relationship. That means the manager's having to be more directive. They're having to take and hold the person's hand, tell them kind of here's what to do, uh, really, you know, speak with them every day, all those sorts of things. And there's great things that we want managers to do from a coaching standpoint, but it's a supervisory type relationship. Now, what I share with managers when I'm working with managers and training managers, if you have somebody that's been with you for less than 16 months, that's okay. That's a normal relationship to have with a new hire because they're getting ramped up, they're getting up to speed, et cetera, depending on their levels of experience. If they've been with you for more than 16 months, you've got to really ask the hard question, why are we having this relationship? Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because the person's not performing, yeah. they're struggling, they're mm-hmm. pessimistic, et cetera. So that's one level of relationships. The second level is where most of managers and sellers are going to fall, and that is the mentorship bucket. That means the sellers are doing some things well. Whether it's selling skills, could be prospecting, could be closing, could be negotiation. So they've got some areas they're doing well, but the manager's mentoring them on areas where they can improve, right? And so it's more of a mentorship. And a lot of sellers and managers, are that's the relationship they have because they're not really the optimizers. It's like the coach player. Yeah, it's the coach type player. The optimizer really falls into the third bucket, which is the partnership relationship between manager and seller. Because they're the optimizer, what happens is the manager becomes more of a partner with that seller and maybe that seller's bringing in, hey, here's my ideas for the territory this year. Here's my strategy. What do you think? Where the manager becomes a partner and says, well, have you considered this? Oh, you're right. I haven't thought about that. So it's a totally different type mm-hmm. of relationship. And when I work with managers, I'll ask them to bucket their team. And maybe 5% get the partnership bucket. Mm. But these are the top performers. Mm-hmm. These are the optimizers. And managers love them. They will say that they, sometimes they can be demanding and they want the manager to give them the time that they need because sometimes managers get so caught up in trying to deal with open territories or low performers, they're not giving the optimizers what they need. But I think I think that gives kind of a good idea of kind of what are the characteristics, what are the traits. And Well, I'm it, curious to hear, since you said that, Tony, um, where do you think those managers should be spending their time 
you know, if their time's getting eaten up with low performers or people who aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, or the sales manager is actually a selling sales manager and they're out in the field having to sell because they've got open positions versus spending time with their optimizers who are also demanding of their time. What do you think about that? Well, there are those who you're going to spend more time with because maybe they're new to the organization. So it requires more of your time. They have the priority. There are those that you're spending a lot of time with because they're not performing. The manager has to ask the hard question, why is this person not performing? Get to the root cause, determine what needs to change, and don't spend too much time with these low performers. If you decide, hey, this person has the potential, then yes, I encourage managers, work with them, but use your time wisely. And you're better off spending your time with those who are maybe in the mentorship and definitely the optimizer because here's what we know. If an manager will spend at least two to three more hours of coaching, and I don't mean managing, I mean coaching, whatever that needs to happen. It's different with the optimizer than it is in the mentorship relationship. Um, But coaching, they can improve performance in some cases by up to 20%. And so that you want to, so think about this. If I improve the performance of a low performer by 20%, maybe they're only doing 500,000 a year. That's only an extra, what, 100,000? If I improve the performance of a high performer at four million a year, that's another eight hundred thousand. Yeah. So there's a there's there's a, a difference in the in the results they're going to get. I think that's uh, really in- insightful, <clears throat> Tony. You know, we mentioned in the last podcast episode when we were talking about uh, commandos, emotional intelligence, and this type, the optimizer to me demonstrates what true emotional intelligence looks like, right? So the other types they may or may not be lacking it, but this type, it appears to me they must have this. It's the thing that probably differentiates them, helps them understand how to read the room, right? What 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 tool do I need to pull out of my tool bag? Do I need to be a buddy right now? Do I need to be a servicer right now? Do I need to be technical right now? Do I need to be a commando right now? And read the room and respond appropriately, be self-aware and adjust and be willing to put themselves aside and communicate and interact the way that the situation calls for. Yeah, and I think, I mean, keep in mind, no one's perfect, right? So even the optimizers, they're not perfect. Right, surely Uh, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to miss out on opportunities here and there. But one thing that they do is they always look to learn from their mistakes. They look to see what do they need to adjust? Where can they get better? And you're right, they definitely have high emotional intelligence. They're able to really have empathy, put themselves in their customer's shoes and understand where they're coming from. They're resilient by nature. So even in the face of adversity or setbacks, they they overcome that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll keep moving forward. So there's a lot of great things that they do. And commandos, for example, commandos do some of those things too. The difference here is that to the customer, they are highly trusted because the customer knows they're putting their best interest at heart. Mm-hmm. And when the customer feels you have my best interest at heart, it increases that level of trust. And that's why they become partners to their customers and become trusted advisors mm-hmm. and strategic resources. And anytime I'm working with this group, I'll ask them the question, have you ever had a customer call you up and ask you for your opinion on something that had nothing to do with your products or services? They just wanted to see what you think. And they'll say, yeah, get it all the time. It's that's a prime example of somebody who's become an Clear optimizer. Clear sign yes. yeah, that you have reached optimizer <clears throat> status. Are there any challenges that we see play out with the optimizer apart from the organization itself being ready for them? Yeah, some of the challenges that play out is um, sometimes scarcity of resources. Organizations mm-hmm. sometimes are going to have scarcity of resources and they're going to want 
access to those resources. So being able to understand that, you know, and, and be okay with that sometimes you're not going to have resources. Or here's a prime example. This is the type that can quickly get frustrated if you've got delivery or service problems. Mm-hmm. Once or twice, they're able to handle it. If there's a consistency, and I've worked with organizations where maybe for a year or two, they've been having some real delivery service problems. These people start getting frustrated because they know it's hurting their customer. Mm-hmm. And they always have that empathy towards their customer. So they want to know what's being done to fix this. Mm-hmm. We can't be allowing this to happen continuously with our customers. And that's where a manager can help by communicating, here's what we're doing internally. Here's how we're addressing these issues. And for managers, let these people share their inputs and insights in team meetings. Sometimes mm-hmm. let them mentor newer sellers. They love to do that. It gives it gives them a sense of purpose because they're imparting their knowledge. The other thing is, is let them use you sometimes as a sounding board. They need that because they're just thinking through and processing, processing what they need to do next. That and so sense. sometimes managers, if you get managers who really don't like that approach, then it can create conflict because the optimizer needs that. Yeah. Well, I can see these people being a flight risk too, right? If there are too many... Uh, delays or issues with uh, delivery and it's impacting their customer the way you're talking about. Um, what can managers do? You, you mentioned making sure that, man, you know, one thing managers can do is be in clear and c- continuous communication with them about what we're doing to address the issues. But are there other ways that managers can help retain their optimizers? Yeah, well, they need to be having the conversation so many times a year around what's working, What's not working, Mm -hmm. any frustrations that you may have, those are conversations that need to happen. Because remember, the optimizer knows they're already successful. They can be successful anywhere. Anywhere. Right? And Mm -hmm. they know that. There's options available to them at any point in time. Another thing, it's interesting, we were talking about some of the tools that we use with organizations, and I've seen this where as part of our sales development index, one of the things that we have is an individual personal assessment called the Brooks Talent Index. And one of the things that we measure there is a person's current role awareness. That's their clarity around their roles, how they see their personal and professional roles. And when I see an optimizer who we know is performing at a high level and they're scoring lower clarity with some frustration showing up, Mm -hmm. that's an indication. And I've worked with managers that, look, something's frustrating this person. You need to have that conversation to figure out what is the frustration what can we do about it? Uh, how can you support them? Yeah. Because what you don't want them to do is just all of a sudden one day they walk in and say, I'm sorry, I'm going somewhere else. Yeah, they, they're, they've checked out a long time ago. You didn't realize it and you didn't have the crucial conversation you needed to have in order to keep this person happy. Because that, that is something that a manager absolutely has control of, but they have to engage in that conversation. Yeah, and if we talk about, you know, some of the coaching tips for managers is, you know, really appreciate these folks and ask them their opinion. Ask them what they would do. If you've got people who are struggling, ask them, hey, can you maybe pair up with this person for a day or two just to kind of impart some of the things that you do? Now, the great news about that is that person may come back to you as a manager and say, you know what? We don't need to be hanging on. This person's never going to get there. And they got pretty good insight because they have such emotional intelligence. Mm -hmm. They can quickly pick up on is this person capable of, of, of growing or is this person not the right fit for the organization? Right. And so the more you involve them, 
Use them as champions. If you're doing any sort of change in your organization, they're the first ones you want to get on board because they're going to champion. They tend to be well-respected inside the organization. People tend to look up to them uh, because of the success that they've had. So again, encourage people to use them, get their input, uh, but be very careful that you don't micromanage them. Because yeah. if you micromanage this type of individual, they will leave you faster than you can blink. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, let's talk about before you hire them. How do you know someone's an optimizer in the interview process? What are some clear signs or indications that would tip, tip uh, hiring staff off that, yeah, this we got an optimizer on our hands, guys? Well, one, when they talk about their past successes, you're going to hear in their stories, wow, no wonder they were successful. Right. But two, they're going to be prepared for the interview. They're going to have already analyzed your organization. They're going to know your marketplace. They're going to know your market share. They're going to know information that others may never have. They just don't take the time to prepare. This is a, a person that is going to do their homework, right? They're going to come in with good, solid questions that they're going to ask you, thought-provoking questions. They probably will already, in many cases, have looked at the territory that they may be interviewing for, the position, and they're going to come already prepared with some sort of plan on what they, how they're going to be successful in that position. And, and that is a true sign that you have an optimizer because they prepare. You can see it in the way that they prepared. You can hear it in their success stories. You're just going to know this is a person who's really going to be at the top of their game. Yeah. Now, I want to keep in mind, in some cases... You may be hiring people who are newer to sales, and so these tendencies are there, but they're not coming out just yet because they don't know what they they're don't know. They're not as know. polished. They're they don't not have as the polished. experience. Yeah. They don't have the skills yet developed, but they've got a ton of potential. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, to me, it sounds like, too, in the interview process that likely this person's going to be selling themselves in a very natural way to the hiring team, you know, they're going to, they're going to pick up on the hire, the person who's involved in the hiring process. Say it's not the sales manager or the sales leader, it's an HR representative. And they're going to be selling themselves appropriately to that HR representative differently than maybe they're going to be selling themselves to the sales leader. And you can kind of maybe pick up on it that way. Well, and it's interesting, Drea, um, if you really think about it, if the organization is using a tool that helps kind of um, an assessment type tool or something of that nature. Uh, we use one obviously with our clients that really is in depth and is a whole person assessment. Uh, these tools can give you indications you're about to hire an optimizer. Right, so having the right tools, don't just rely on the you don't interview. Have to guess. Yeah, you don't have to guess. You have to go with your gut. Very cool. Well, thank you for walking us through the optimizer, Tony. And thank you for listening to Sales Performance Radio. If you like our show and would like to know more, check out thebrooksgroup.com. We'll also be hosting a live webinar in partnership with Selling Power in conclusion to the five types of seller series. So stay tuned for more details.